Good afternoon and welcome back to the Martinez Marcelo podcast. We hope everyone had a good winter break. I'm joined here by my co-host, Daniel Marcelo. Daniel, how was the break? Uh, pretty good. Went by a little too quick, as breaks normally do, but went down to Florida with my girlfriend for a little bit. Got to enjoy that beautiful weather. How was your break? It was pretty good. Uh, headed back home to Spain for a couple weeks. Went to Portugal with some friends later. Uh, how, how was the weather over there? Is it typical of what you get in New York? It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty similar to what we were having here right before the break, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then coming back here to the weather that we're having is, today and tomorrow. Yeah, I, didn't, was, I think it was the Arctic blast is what they're calling it, a, a generational type of Arctic blast. I mean, we're, we're getting it pretty bad. It's going to be in the single digits going into tonight. Yep. But uh, I know the Wisconsin, really, those uh, northern states by Canada really get, I'm get a, hit I'm hard. I'm glad I'm not in Chicago right Oh, now. boy. But was negative 50 over there. Something like that. Yep. Well, we're going to get back into some of our sports stuff. We'll, we'll talk definitely talk about Super Bowl 53. Yep. Uh, we'll start with that, with the Patriots facing the Rams. We'll leave our predictions for when we close out the segment. But um, what a run the Patriots have had. Every, all year, people calling them Tom Brady's too old. They don't have the talent. These receivers aren't that good. It's amazing to see what they have done with, you know, just the, the same team they brought back from last year, basically. You know, but at the same time, I kind of feel like that's something people, like, they wanted to believe that, you know, the Patriots now, they're no longer what they used to be. Tom Brady's washed up now. But I think all of us had a suspicion, like, in the back of our minds that they would be here again, especially yeah. as the season progressed. But you, you can't you can't doubt Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, you can't doubt them. Those are two. They're going to be Hall of Famers. Brady yep. can play. At least another five years, it looks like. Every every year you keep saying, all right, he's getting older, he's not as good, and he's gotten nine straight AFC I mean, he already said, I think like yesterday, he was like, oh, I'm not retiring at the, at the end of the season. So Yes. he's he's Well, speaking of retirement, uh, Devin McCourty, which is one of the defensive backs, and I'll give a shout-out because he's from my hometown. Um, him and his brother Jason, both on the same team for the first time in their careers, Devin uh, had thought about saying, he said, I guess, that he might think about retirement if the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Because uh, he said the last thing he really wanted to accomplish was winning a Super Bowl with his brother. Yep. Um, but the guy, the guy's virtually, you know, he's a top tier player. He went from cornerback to safety. And, you know, if he keeps playing another four or five years, the guy could probably be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a number of people um, within the Patriots who might potentially retire yeah after the super bowl i mean gronk is one of them but yeah. he's been saying it for a couple of years now um, yeah i mean even you know well, gronk and brady get a lot of the attention because right they're superstars but you know the guys like mccourty they're sort of you know i won't say hidden away but they're overlooked but they're both yeah. you know without a guy like that you know you don't have a championship team <clears throat> and you know it's sort of you look at both of these championship games you know, the Patriots sort of got bailed out with that offsides call on the interception that would have ended the game. And the L.A. Rams with, uh, you know, the no call on the blatant pass interference. Yeah, I was just about to touch on that, actually. Um, you know, we're all talking about the Patriots right now. And without getting into predictions, I think they're the overwhelming favorites. But the Rams as well, they've had quite a journey getting here. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that no call. I mean, you can't you can't miss that. I you mean, I mean, the uh, NFL afterwards came the, out and even <clears throat> they admitted yeah, to it. They, well, they find the guy who made the hit because it was a yeah helmet to helmet hit, which I, I don't know how you missed that. You know, it's 
they call pass interference on some of the slightest things nowadays, and you don't call it, you know, on something that was as blatant as that. But at the same time, the Rams still had to put themselves in a position to win that game, even though it went into overtime, and that's exactly what they did. That was a great game, by the way. I feel like I really Both enjoy games. watching that game. Both yep. games, overtime, great games. I would have loved to see the rematch of the Chiefs against the Rams. Remember that Monday night football game where I think they both broke the record yeah. for combined points in a game. But, you know, look at the two quarterbacks here, Brady, Jared Goff. You know, which of these two do we think has the advantage? Or even the – they could even be even for all we know. I think Tom Brady has the advantage, um, not just in terms of experience, but I feel like uh, with the way both teams play, I think he has the advantage. Uh, I was looking at some stats earlier, and Jared Goff, I, I think he's at his best when you know play action passing is happening, yeah. and uh, the Patriots are really going to have to counteract that, and yeah. I think that they have the tools to do well, so. One of, one of the biggest keys to Brady's success is that they don't have him stay in the pocket for a long time with the football. They do two or three step drops and he gets mm -hmm. rid of it. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't take hard hits. And you know, you have a defensive line that has Aaron Donald and Dominic and Sue on it. That's you know, you gotta try to keep Brady protected because you know, he's all he is forty one and he's not gonna recover from a big hit or getting hit four, five, six, seven times a game the way he did five, ten years ago. Yeah, definitely not. And Tom Brady, I think he was the fourth quickest um, quarterback in the NFL to get rid of the ball. Um, that has really increased that's, actually since the postseason yeah, started. That's so it's offense. what you're saying. That's yep. their offense. You make he's you make quick throws. You know Belichick does a great job. He's smart. He's not he's not going to let his quarterback sit in there. Though. You know that's what sort of the Vikings did when they had Brett Favre. They just let him sit in there and take a beating, and you know it you know hurt him in the end because they lost in that NFC Championship game. Um, you know, look at the running backs here. I think I would say that you would think there's an advantage for the Rams having Todd Gurley and um, C.J. Anderson, but both of these teams do a great job of utilizing both of their yeah. running backs, especially with the Brady checkdowns to either running back. I think it's pretty balanced on that end. Um, we're looking at two rosters really that you know they're pretty well built. I would yeah. say. Um, the one thing I'm most skeptical about right now is the Rams D. I'm not sure how that's yeah. gonna fare up. Uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely gonna be a huge uh, point of emphasis. But sort of the Rams type of play is all right. We'll give up 21 points, but we'll score 24, 27, 28, and we'll beat you that way. Which you know it's gonna it's be risky. It's but, very yeah. risky. You got to depend on you know uh, Jared Goff and everyone to put up those points, but. Uh, I think what Sean McVay has done, at, you know, the guy could still be playing at any major sport if he was uh, still playing. Mm. It's incredible to see what he's been able to do with this uh, these group of guys, especially the young guys. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, I feel like. Um, I, I honestly think, though, at the end of the day, it's going to be too much for him um, come, what is it, this Sunday? This Sunday, yeah. So... I don't know. I want to get into predictions now. All right. Well, uh, you have Patriots or the Rams? I think it'll be 30-27 in favor of the Patriots, but I think the Rams are going to have the ball to end the game, but they're just going to run out of time. I am going to have, actually, the Pats winning by 6, 33-27. Uh, to 27. I don't think it's going to be that close at the end of the game, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think I think it's going to surprise some people too. I think 
the anytime you face the Patriots, you know, you're going to be the underdog. But this is it's pretty cool to see the sort of generational gap here. This, you know, this can this be the end of one era and the beginning of the Goff and McVay era? But you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. Well, let's get into this. A lot of NBA stuff going on. Obviously, the biggest story going on in the NBA right now. Anthony Davis, a couple of days ago, it broke. Wants to get out of New Orleans, but then followed it up saying, you know what, he eh, may just want to finish out the season. Your thoughts on uh, the whole AD drama? Well, first of all, I think it's hard to blame him. Um, I do think there are different ways that he could have gone about it rather than just announcing it through his agent yeah. a couple of days ago. And, I mean, he already got fined for that, which, I mean, for him, $50,000 is nothing. Not, but That was 0.2% is what they said. Right now, I mean, you would have to think that he is going to the Lakers. I think it's tough I, to I mean, shake that Lebr- off. LeBron is gonna, LeBron's going to want him, but the, the matter is is that I think the difference in these trades are the Lakers are willing to give up, you know, these pieces. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and whoever else they want to throw in, is that enough to really sweeten the deal for the Pelicans? Unlike the Knicks, who have Knox, they have Robinson, Porzingis. Those are guys the Pelicans would want in return, but I don't think the Knicks are willing to do away so. with them. And if I'm the Knicks, I don't want to trade Porzingis. I don't want to trade Knox. I don't want to trade Trier, Robinson. I don't want to trade them. You shouldn't. I mean, there's no assurances that AD would stay with the Knicks even and, if they successfully trade. And the Pelicans are going to want a pick. And, you know, I'd sort of equivalent the pick to the player, meaning that, all right, say the Knicks have a top three pick. Is Anthony Davis a top three player in the NBA? I don't think he is. Debatable. So why would you, you know, trade that pick in the first place? And let's say the Knicks are lucky enough to get the number one pick. They get Zion. Now you have a chance. You have all that cap space because you don't. You're not yeah. spending on Anthony Davis, so you can sign Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. You can make. You can have more flexibility with what you're trying to do. I think it's like you said. Um, it depends on what the Lakers are willing to give up. Yeah. I think that right now, I think the pressure is on them. Um, yeah. Luke Walton hasn't been excelling as head coach, and they've been they've been kind of in a slump. Good. Yeah, because LeBron's injured. I think they have to trade. Honestly, everyone, um, yeah. Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, a couple first-round picks would probably be on the table. Yeah, yeah and you gotta, you, I think the Lakers are going to give up more than they want for Anthony Davis. And I think for the Knicks, you know, you, you really got to look at, you know, what your future looks like. You got to look at Anthony Davis. Is Anthony Davis the type of player, you put him on the New York Knicks right now, does he make them 20 wins better? No, I don't think he no. does. The only guys who can do that, really, LeBron, maybe Kevin Durant, maybe Giannis. And there's no one else that can really do that. Mm. So is it really worth, you know, trading a top three pick, trading Porzingis, who, unlike, like, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, we sort of already see what these guys are going to be. We still don't know what Kevin Knox is. Nope. Still developing. We still haven't even seen fully of what Porzingis can be yet because right as he was really molding into his own, Got that unfortunate knee injury. Trier is a, looks like a steal. Mm. And we know Robinson basically is a rim protector. So I think you you get you get you put Zion in that sort of lineup, it's gonna cause a lot of damage. It is. And this team's very bad defensively. And I thought about this lineup. Imagine having Kevin Durant, Kevin Knox, Zion, Porzingis, and Mitchell Robinson all on the court at the same time. Yeah. That is 
you have three seven footers on the floor, plus Knox, who's got a long wingspan, long wingspan. plus and Zion is just a bully on the court. You know, it would be a dream to get that kind of lineup on the Knicks. Uh, let's talk a bit about the other teams that might be involved for Anthony Davis. Um, Toronto has been Toronto, mentioned. Yeah. Portland has been mentioned. Surprisingly. I like him. I like him. I like him going to Portland. But I don't know what they give up for him. Yeah, you'd I have mean, to you give up CJ McCollum. I think they'd want McCollum. Nurkic probably. And Nurkic I, I would definitely. Guess. And yeah. then, I mean, a bunch of. I would. I would do. Picks. I would do McCollum, Nurkic, a pick. Give me Anthony that, Davis. Might have to toss something else in. Yeah, but I, I think they would yeah. want more. Yeah. Um. There's Milwaukee. Who apparently they've told uh, New Orleans that everyone except Giannis is on the table for them. That's that's interesting because again you you sort of have <clears throat> two of the best big men in the NBA. They but they do play very different games. You know, yeah. um, Anthony Davis can dribble the ball, but he's not going to run point guard like Giannis can. Um, but you put him on the Bucks, I. You know, it'll be interesting. It'll definitely work out better than him and Cousins did. It would. For sure. But, and uh, uh, and then there's Boston, who they can't get involved till the summer, I want to say. Yeah. Because I know they can't get involved until after February 7th. Yeah. Um, I would think, you know, they give up Jalen Brown, I, I would guess. You think I, would, if, I would be aggressive and say, all right, I want Jason Tatum. I would too, but I'm giving, you're do giving, you think Boston are going to? No, I don't think I don't think so. Because they're not secure that Kyrie Irving is coming back. Yeah. So if Kyrie Irving leaves, at least you have this young, developing Jason Tatum, who looks like he can be your best player for the next seven to ten years. You think Kyrie's gonna leave? I think he is. Uh, he, I think the other day we saw a story about him thinking about going back to play yeah. with LeBron. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, he, he's sort of, he's sort of. I don't want to say a, a weird case, but he's sort of out there with sort of the way he acts. Like, do I remember that game? Where he talked about where you call LeBron after to apologize yeah. for, uh, I don't know. He's he's certainly an interesting guy. He's so is KD. So I mean, I don't know. If you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would say that he would have stayed. But now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I I always thought from the beginning that he was going to test out free agency because one, he's you know still a young player, yeah. and he's undoubtedly one of the top five point guards in the NBA, and he can score at will, and he can carry a team. So. I think it'll be interesting to see what's going on with that. But we'll talk about the – we brought up DeMarcus Cousins, the Golden State Warriors, the Monstars basically. Um, I don't know what, what to really say about them other than this is just a dominant basketball team. It is. And, um, I mean, you know, let's just assume you double-team Cousins. He, he's a passing big man, so he's just yeah. going to find Clay in the corner or he's going to find KD. And Well, you can't double-team him. That's, that's the craziest thing. You, know, you can double off of Draymond, but all right, Draymond will drive, drive, drive. You, yeah. you collapse. All right, here's Steph Curry. Here's Kevin Durant. Here you go, Clay Thompson. And I think the biggest thing that surprised me is that Cousins doesn't look that rusty on the court right now. Because yeah. you look at Gordon Hayward, and yeah. everything he does, he's so hesitant about doing it. And he'll have one game where he goes off for, you know, 27, 30 points, and then he'll have five games where he well, averages 12 points it's, a game. It's the guys he plays with, you know. Curry, Clay. Draymond especially, Kevin Durant, they all know how to play with each other. They know the ball has to move. With Boston, the ball's really typically in Kyrie Irving's hands, yeah. so they're still trying to adjust with how to play with each other. Um, but, yeah, the only thing Cousins looks really rusty in is his conditioning, which is which understandable because he couldn't move while you had that, while you yeah. had that injury. Um, and I, I say, I'll say this from now to the rest of the season – 
when they're all five of them, their big five play at least 25 minutes a night, I don't think they will ever lose a game. And they haven't played 25 minutes uh, each yet. Um, but, man, was it 11 games in a row they've won, I think? Something like that. And once again, they're the overwhelming favorites for yeah. the postseason. Um, I think that's been obvious since the start of the season, but now even more. Yeah. Because who's going to stop them? I mean, even if the Lakers get Anthony Davis. And you saw how much it took for the Rockets just to beat the Golden State Warriors by, mm-hmm. was it two or three points that game? James yeah. Harden had, so was it 50, 60, whatever it was. Mm. It took an unbelievable effort just to beat them by three. So, you know, you have to really do everything perfectly to beat the Warriors. All right, let's get into a bit of a New York basketball then with well, the Knicks and the Nets. Let's, uh, I'm partial to the Knicks, but you got, we got to show some love to the Brooklyn Nets who have been playing unbelievable basketball. Uh, even though they lost Levert earlier in the season, even though Dinwiddie is going to be out for a few weeks, they still are the surprise of the East. They, I think it's 21-6 and six in their last 27 Something games. Something like that. Unbelievable what they've done. You think D'Angelo Russell deserves to be an All-Star? I don't think so, but I think he'll get maybe comeback player of the year. Maybe he could. Most improved, but he has certainly shown... I think he's in the conversation. Yeah, he definitely is. I think if someone maybe gets injured, he'll be able to get in there. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn tries to land, you know, maybe Anthony Davis... Because uh, he would fit perfectly with that team, really. They need, you know, D'Angelo is a good number one scorer, but they need the guy who say, all right, we're two minutes left, we're down one, go get us a bucket. I think that's your guy. They do. And uh, can you imagine Jared Allen and Anthony Davis? <laughs> that's a, I mean, and I think they would complement each other perfectly. I think Allen's so. not much of an offensive player, and you know how good Anthony Davis is. Um, but I looked at this team, compared him with the Knicks, uh, earlier in the season, and I was like, all right, they're, they're probably better than the Knicks, but not yeah, by much. I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs or even have a chance because it looked like a roster of nobodies. And they really have shocked a lot of people. And I don't know how far they're going in the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they can, you know, s- sneak by with a first round win. And let's not forget, this is the first year in what, like four or five years that Brooklyn owns their own uh, draft pick. Yep. And they've been drafting really well lately with um, Kuroks, yeah. uh, Jared Allen, obviously, yeah. Karis LeVert. So I'm really interested in seeing that, how that's going to progress. It's going to be interesting because I would think there's obviously no chance for really any team that's not the Warriors, the Sixers, or Celtics to probably win a championship this yeah. year. So I personally, I would have I rather just seen them tank because um, this is sort of the nightmare season you would have wanted to see for the Knicks that right, they're – like a seven or eight seed, but now they don't get Zion, they don't get R.J. Barrett or Cam mm. Reddish or J.A. Morant. They're meanwhile the Knicks are gonna they're gonna get a good player. Um, so I mean it sucks watching the Knicks lose, but at the same time this is you know a player that hasn't had this much hype since even Wiggins had even had this much hype. Did it. This is LeBron, uh, Patrick Ewing mm. um, levels of. Uh, Hype for these guys. And the Knicks right now, officially the worst team in the league. Yeah, and I have a little conspiracy theory based on right. this the Knicks getting Zion. So I don't know if you're too familiar with how the Knicks, the first ever draft lottery, the Knicks won it. Yep. And there was a whole conspiracy because it was a bent card, and they ended up getting Patrick Ewing because 
No one wants to see Patrick Ewing go to Indiana. You're going to get the most money coming to New York. So what I think they're trying to do with Zion is, yeah, you know, we don't want him to go to Cleveland. It was it only worked with LeBron because he was from the area, so yeah. it was a good story to put out, right? And, you know, Phoenix, you know, they're going to probably be a good team with him, but you put him in New York, you you make the most money in the NBA or in any sport when your New York teams and your LA teams are the best too. So I think they they change the draft lottery as well so that the three worst teams all have a 14% chance yeah. at getting the number one pick. Meaning that, because I don't think they wanted to have this whole conspiracy theory go on again, but I think the Knicks are going to get this number one pick because now they're going to have Porzingis coming back and the NBA knows that they're going to have the cap space to sign Kevin Durant. Okay. So you have Kevin Durant, Porzingis, um, Zion. You you have that type of team. You're going to get a lot of money. Those Knicks-Lakers rivalry is going to come back. Knicks-Celtics, Knicks-Sixers. The NBA is at its best when the two co- teams on the coast are the best. I mean, that all sounds reasonable. Let's assume yeah. that for whatever reason, New York doesn't get the first pick. All right, we'll get... Who would you, who would you pick after Zion? I would take probably Jay Morant from Murray State. I, I like R.J. Barrett, but you know I, I think Morant's got a probably second most athletic ability behind I think Zion. So. He can score the ball as well, and you know he sort of fits into the mold because Fizdale likes guys with a lot of length, mm. and I think he's definitely going to fit into that scheme. I would uh I don't know I might pick Cam Reddish honestly. Uh, you, I don't think you can go wrong with who you pick after Zion really. I don't think so. I mean it will be interesting. Um, once you know, once the lottery order is actually set, we'll probably yeah. come back to this and do a little mock draft or whatnot. Well, I I hope I I really hope the that we get that we get Zion, man. I <laughs> I I'm not saying he's gonna be LeBron James coming out. He's gonna struggle because the guy doesn't really have a jump shot, but he's gonna be able to score the ball because he's extremely strong, extremely athletic, and he reminds me of sort of Blake Griffin. Yeah. Because when Blake Griffin first came into the league, not much of a jumper. And Zion's pretty much the same way, and they both have crazy athletic ability. And I think they're going to develop just the way Blake Griffin developed his jump shot. I think Zion's going to be able to do this. I think that Zion is honestly at an even more advanced stage than Blake was at his age. Because uh, I was looking, I was watching a Duke game the other day, and Zion hit a step back three. Which, which is, I mean, I think he's only shooting, what, like 25% from yeah, three? Not, not but, high. you know, the signs are definitely encouraging. Yeah, and, you know. I think it would benefit him to go to the Knicks because I think if he went to Phoenix, if he went to Cleveland, he would have to step in there and be that guy. He would have to be the number one scorer. You know, Aiton's there and, and Booker's there. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's going to want want him to score the ball. You come to the Knicks, you know, they sign, if they sign, not even if they sign Durant, they sign another quality scorer, Irving, they get Jimmy Butler. And you have Porzingis back. You have Porzingis and another guy there. So you're not depending on Zion to, you know, have a rapid growth that early in his career. And I think the Knicks, honestly, like, bias aside, I think it's the best landing spot for him. Yeah. Um, with Cleveland, their roster is abysmal. Chicago, they have Markinen, They have Wendell Carter Jr. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can play Zion at the three, I guess. But I'm not sure that's, like, and, the best fit. And I think the NBA is starting to become, I don't want to say positionless, but, you know, you don't have your natural uh, positions like you had in the 90s and the 80s so you know you can <laughs> you can even have 
uh, you know, Durant running the point for you, something like that. I'm intrigued by the idea of Zion running the point at some point in his career, yeah, I, I, which I, I think he's capable of. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something they do. I, I just think, to me, I remember Fisdale when he first got hired. He said he thought of playing, I think he said Porzingis at the two at some point. <laughs> Um, this like really lengthy yeah. lineup where it was like Robinson, Knox, you know, all of his tall guys, and that's you're, he's literally gonna get his dream if they get Durant. And I'd Ryan. be interested in seeing how that goes because now we're seeing the NBA go smaller and smaller. Yeah. But um, I think it was what two or three years ago that OKC was playing Stephen Adams and Ennis Kanter yeah. at the same time against San Antonio, yep. and they almost beat them just because yeah. of that. And I think um, it's 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 interesting to see that if you look at the past NBA champions, the best player on that team is not usually not a six one guard or six two guard or like a seven foot Shaquille O'Neal type big man. It's your LeBron James, your Kevin Durant's, Dirk Nowitzki's. No, I think there was only a, a rare case where it was not. Um, you know, some guy who was in that six six to six ten range where mm. he's sort of your small forward, power forward type player. And the Knicks could possibly have three or four guys who fit that mold. Um all right, we're uh, beginning to run a little bit short yeah. on time here, so let's get into some quick, baseball. Quick talk. MLB. Uh, free agency, dead basically this whole whole it has winter. Been. Machado and Harper, these guys I think are gonna go into spring training, which starts in I think twelve days. Without contracts, yep. without contracts, which is unbelievable. Not just them. There's other guys on the free agent market like Craig Kimbrell, Gio Gonzalez, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, Dallas Keuchel. Like these are quality baseball players, but for some reason, no one wants to take risks on these guys. Why do you think that is? And why do you think there there aren't well, really any large contracts at, least, at this point on the table? Well, back in maybe even ten years ago, when even when Pujols got his contract, I think it was maybe seven years ago, a 10-year contract, you know, it looked good because the guy was still 31, 32 and a really good baseball player. But now he's sort of, you know, useless on defense. And he's not the same hitter. And with all these analytics that baseball teams are using now, they're saying, oh, all right, we have this 23-year-old player we brought up from the minor leagues last year who had a good season. And he's giving me the same production that Bryce Harper is giving me. So why do I need to pay Bryce Harper 10 years, $300 million, when I can just keep playing this guy who's making $575,000? And that's really, that's just them using these analytics more. And also, Bryce Harper is not worth $300, $400 million in the first place. And, you, and if you look at any sport, it could be soccer, basketball. Is there any player that you would give a 10-year contract to right now? Maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. And those guys are probably the best at what they do, once-in-a-generation type of athletes. Mm. And everything's so sort of, you know, uh, polarized nowadays that if you say, no, I'm not giving, I wouldn't give Harper $10 million. People say, oh, you're anti-player. You know, you don't want the players to make money. But no, I'm trying to be smart. I don't want because a, a two or three years, you know, that's a nice little relationship. Ten years is a marriage. You know, if you're gonna have a marriage with these players, you need to, you know, you need to love every single thing about them. And I, I don't know. It's not worth it. I would rather give these guys four years. A four year. I give if I were the Mets once February first hits, say four years, a hundred million dollars. 
after the second year, you can opt out of your contract and go back into free agency. You're going to get $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. And if you want to leave after two years, fine, go, go back into free agency. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the issue is here, but it's going to be interesting these next two weeks as you know, the hot stove of baseball sort of comes to an end. Um, I would say if, I would say if you were, if you were, you know, one of these general managers, <clears throat> you know, what would you try to do with these guys? Would you try to even bargain with them or would you just continue just to leave them off to the side? I think you have to leave them off to the side. I think bargaining with them, I think I don't think that's ever the way to go. Um, it hurts. It hurts the game that these guys want this much money. And I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see with that. Personally, I, I don't think Harper is going to sign until March. I think it'll go that long. How come? Just because I think his agent is Scott Boris, who is basically the Donald Trump of the sports agent world. The guy will ask for insane insane amounts of money. He's the guy who got A-Rod his big contract. Any baseball player you can think of that had a major contract probably was done by Scott Boris. So uh, I don't I don't I don't think Harper is worth the money. I don't even think he's worth more than two hundred million over if you were to give him ten years. But we'll uh, we'll see with that. We'll look at the, talk about the Mets and Yankees real quick. All right. Uh, you know, the Yankees haven't had their typical off season. They, uh, they haven't signed, which they look like they were going to sign Harper and Machado, but they signed, you know, about five guys who can equal their value. What do you think about their idea to just sign multiple good players instead of trying to sign one or two superstars? I think it goes back to what you were saying about the idea of a marriage. And, I mean, even if the deal isn't going to be a 10-year contract, you have to be very sure um, about what you're getting yourself into when you hire, well, not when you hire, when you sign someone who is such a big superstar. And you have to realize, you know, are there other guys that can match this guy's production for a lower value? Yeah. Well, it's like a lower value, quote-unquote, just because they don't have the name or, you know, the the media attention, if you will, it doesn't mean that they can't match what the other guy brings to the table. And, you know, I, when I'm watching MLB Network or even any any sports channel or radio that's talking about this, if you listen to all the MLB players, the former MLB players, when they talk about this, the analytics, even Evan Longoria from the Giants will say analytics are killing the game. You know, they're sort of... There's some players who love looking at them, but <clears throat> there's some players who think who are blaming this for the reason they're being overpaid. And then if you talk to sort of just the analysts, the writers, the former general managers, they'll say, well, we love these analytics. You know, they're, we're being able to find value in guys yeah. we wouldn't have been able to find 15 years ago, which I take the side of the GMs in this argument because some players don't deserve. I would you know, too. Just, just like the NBA, a lot of these guys are getting paid insane amounts of salaries. And they just didn't deserve them. And I mean, this is the way that sports as a whole really are going to go in the next few years, in the next decade. It's going to become more and more analytic-oriented. Yeah. And if you look at the best player in each sport, I would never have given LeBron James a 10-year contract. You look at uh, <clears throat> hockey, maybe Ovechkin I give a 10-year contract. You know, But then again, you, you still know. Football players will be lucky if you get 10 years out of them, yep. let alone a 10-year contract. So... I think in three years they have another collective bargaining agreement. I think we're going to see work stoppage 
we're going to see probably another strike in baseball because <clears throat> there is a huge divide between the players wanting all this money and the general managers and owners who want to pay them less. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen. My prediction, you, we'll give a quick prediction. I think Machado is going to the White Sox, and I think Harper is going to land with the Phillies, which ESPN reported yesterday. Reported they did. Off, but that's ESPN for you. That's pretty much a die. Uh, they're dying, basically, in terms of the baseball uh, coverage. coverage. Yeah. But where, where would you think those big two are going to go? Um, you know, I'm going to say that Machado, I think he's going to end up with the White Sox, too. Um, Harper, I don't think he's going to end up with um, the, the Phillies. No. I, w I, I don't think he's going to end up with the Phillies. Um, honestly, I thought that they were both going to land with the Yankees at one point. Right? <laughs> that's, that's what Because th when they were reporting it, it seemed like it was... I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard a Yankee fan say, yeah, we're going to get Matt... This one with Matt Harvey was good. We get Matt Harvey, we get Manny Machado, we're going to get... Bryce seemed Harper. like a very close deal at one point. Yeah, they um, they had him in the stadium at, uh, yeah. at one point. So I don't know. I, w I would love to say Harper is going to go to the Mets, but, but I don't think I, it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But the the Mets new Mets GM has uh, been very active over over the winter over the winter break. So we'll see. I think there's still going to be plenty of moves. I wouldn't be surprised that by the time we get here next week, that pick up. we have about four or five moves, but I still don't think one of the big two are going to sign at any point in the next week. All right, so that is it for this week's edition of the Martinez Marcelo podcast. First edition. Uh, we're in 2019. First edition of 2019. Uh, we'll look forward to talking about the Super Bowl. We'll see if Anthony Davis gets traded, and we'll see hopefully more free agents and uh, MLB gets signed. But uh, I'm Daniel Marcelo closing it out. Wilco, you got any last remarks? I don't. Keep well, your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball.